0: Hello, listeners, it's time for another episode of building a better story world. Whether you're a budding writer or a veteran story world designer, this is the podcast for you. As always, we're here to help you create cohesive universes for your book, screenplay, TV show, graphic novel, or whatever kind of story that you want to tell. I'm your host, Steel Tyler Filipec, writer and story designer on such franchises as Halo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Pirates of the Caribbean here to guide you on your journey. Whether you have a million word epic or a multimedia concept that will change the world, all are welcome here. We're continuing our series about the five basic elements of storytelling. As a quick refresher, they are the protagonist or the main character of your story, a need, something that the main character must fulfill on their journey, an obstacle, preventing them from achieving that need, a choice your character makes to overcome that obstacle, and a resolution, meaning whether they succeed, fail, get a bit of both, or neither. Two episodes ago, we used a popular literary and cinematic figure "Expecto Patronum," to highlight your own protagonist, and then crafted elements for that character so that you wound up with someone who has a non-relatable strength that reflects an aspirational world, a relatable flaw that reflects our own world, an outer goal that's seemingly impossible to achieve, and an inner goal for which your main character must strive. Next, we used an influential television show with four main characters to highlight inner and outer goals, dividing them into four basic types. Power, security or control, wealth, and love. Before we go any further, however, remember that this series is about creating worlds and crafting stories within those worlds. Not every film or book needs to be a gigantic universe, but for those who want something a little grander or perhaps more interconnected, there are some important elements to remember. Your story has to exist across more than one media platform and maintain momentum over the course of years of content. Solidifying your foundation will make it more likely that fans will fall in love with your story. We now come to the third ingredient in this mix, and one that is the most often overlooked. Today, we are going to be talking about obstacles those things that stand in the way of our characters achieving their dreams. Sometimes they're physical. I admit it, you are better than I am. Then why are you smiling? Because I know something you don't know. And what is that? I am not left-handed. But of course, a great villain can turn even a mediocre story into something that audiences love. Bull, rat, town. You know who? Say. Remember also that your main character should have flaws. There have to be internal obstacles that hold them back or perhaps drive them to succeed. These range from alcoholism. So here's what. You slipped me a bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. To being easily offended. What's wrong, McFly? Chicken? What did you call me, Griff? You'll need a lot of these over the course of your story. But you shouldn't overdo it. A couple big ones go a long way. Remember, the character has to go on a very long journey. If the obstacles seem insurmountable up front and your characters still go on their quest, audiences will admire their daring. On the other hand, if your characters solve every problem or never face any setbacks, fans will reject them. It's why certain unnamed all-powerful superheroes are so hard to write. Everything is too easy. So let's follow a popular character that showcases these struggles in an outlandish and fun way. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg crafted Indiana Jones as an homage to the adventure serials of yesteryear. The titular hero, Henry Indiana Jones Jr., is a swashbuckling archaeologist who speaks dozens of languages, has friends on every continent, and can throw a mean punch— He's incredibly smart and fit, but Steve, Georgie, and a whole host of other writers, producers, and creators didn't make him too strong. Indeed, you'll note that he fails spectacularly in the cold opening of every film, starting with Raiders of the Lost Ark. You chose the wrong friends. This time it will cost you. Moving to the Temple of Doom. Goodbye, Dr. Jones. Flashing backwards to Indy's past in The Last Crusade. You lost today, kid. Does this mean you have to like it? And then finishing up with the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I thought we were friends, Mac. i better run a bad lap with cards like mate. In fact, Indiana Jones is constantly failing. He loses the Peacock's Eye Diamond, is almost killed in an airplane crash, nearly drowns in river rapids, is captured by a cult brainwashed, is trapped on a bridge over a chasm, almost has his heart ripped out, loses two ancient artifacts, and in the end, returns one without getting anything in the way of compensation. And that's just one movie. If you think I'm going to Delhi with you or any place else after all the trouble you've gotten me into, think again, buster. I'm going up into Missouri where they never feed you snakes before ripping your heart out and lowering you into hot pits. This is not my idea of a swell time. We'll be going through all those rollercoaster loops in due time. First off, let's get some of the big external obstacles that are going to thwart your protagonist. What better place to start than with a good villain? Well, you don't have to have a villain per se, for the same reason that you may not have a traditional hero. Your main character may be a bit amoral, while the person standing opposite may be more noble. Let's stick with the antagonist then, which has its root in the ancient Greek word antagonistes, which means struggling against, opposing, or rivaling. Just like your main character, your antagonist should have a non-relatable strength, a relatable flaw, an outer goal, and an inner goal. The difference is that your antagonist should one-up your protagonist in each of these. Your antagonist should have greater strengths and more insidious flaws. Their outer goal should be more easily achieved, and their inner goal shouldn't cause them nearly as much concern. Why? Because compelling villains make for compelling heroes. If the good guy can beat the baddie with ease, Your story is going to end very quickly. If your black hat wearing mustache twirler struggles too much, then audiences will find them incompetent. This may be your goal if you're creating a comedic rival. What do you intend to do, sir? Delta's already on probation. They are? Yes, sir. Oh. Then, as of this moment, they're on double secret probation. By the same token, impressive foils will seem less impressive if they fumble right out of the gate. To examine all of this, let's take a look at the very first primary antagonist in the Indiana Jones series, Rene Belloc. Dr. Jones, again we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. He's an archaeologist just like Indiana Jones. But they couldn't be more dissimilar. Dr. Jones grew up in a middle-class household. He has to beg his local museum to fund his expeditions. Is an underpaid professor at his university, and though he would argue against it, He's on a quest for truth. Theology is the search for fact, not truth. If it's truth you're interested in, Dr. Tyree's philosophy class is right down the hall. He's a stickler for details and a believer in getting his hands dirty. I want to be a good archaeologist. You got to get out of the library. And he says he's after fortune and glory, but he always does the right thing. Belloc, on the other hand, is a mercenary. Despite having grown up in wealth as the scion of a French winemaking family, he steals from other archaeologists, kills without remorse, and is seeking to get as much as he can for himself. He even goes as far as to attempt an arcane ritual that will bring him closer to God. most importantly, and despicably, he works for the Nazis. How odd that it should end this way for us after so many stimulating encounters. I almost regret it. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. Belloc doesn't care. He's in it for himself. He tries to protect Marion Ravenwood when the Nazis come to question her, but he also doesn't put up too much of a fuss when she's thrown into a snake pit with Indy. Everybody around him is either an obstacle to his success or a stepping stone to getting it faster. This is the classic protagonist-antagonist relationship. Each represent the light and dark side of an archetype. Our methods have not differed as much as you pretend. I am a shadowy reflection of you. This is apparent in most Marvel movies. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all but we can see it in any number of classic stories. Sherlock and Moriarty, Jekyll and Hyde, Peter Pan and Captain Hook. I could go on, but you get the point. You don't have to create your villain in that method if you don't want to. Indeed, Indiana Jones has faced off against the high priest of a cult, an uber-wealthy industrialist, and a fanatical soldier with mental powers, not to mention all the various famous people he meets in the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. What is important in each of these cases is that the villains are immensely powerful. Moloram has an army of warriors at his command. Walter Donovan has millions of dollars and an alliance with Nazi Germany. Irina Spalko has the backing of the Soviet Union. Indy can't beat any of them on his own. Or can he? Let's get to our first prompt. I want you to create an antagonist for your character. Try making the ultimate rival, the classic foil. But if you'd rather do something different, that's fine too. Just make sure that they have a non-relatable strength that's more impressive than your hero's. A relatable weakness that the antagonist ignores. An outer goal that seems easier than your hero's, and which, if achieved, will doom your protagonist's journey. An inner goal that your villain will ignore, to their own detriment. That is, they won't grow like your hero will, and thus will inevitably lose, even if it won't happen for many years. Don't stress. Pause here if you need and restart when you're ready. A good antagonist is hard to create. You have to make sure that they're neither impossible to defeat or cartoonish in their evil ways. If you'd like, keep this blank for now and come back to it after we get to the next element, which may help inform your antagonist. Some stories don't have a single antagonist, after all. They have many, or maybe it's not even a some one. A few of our favorite heroes have battled natural phenomena. We are gonna need a bigger boat. Or society. That sense of inevitable victory over the forces of old and evil, not in any mean or military sense, we didn't need that. Our energy would simply prevail. Or a partner. I wish I knew how to quit you. These are really more like antagonistic forces. The main characters in these stories aren't facing off against villains so much as trying to change the world or themselves. There may be placeholders in the form of a storm, or a corporation, or a government official. I'm Walter Peck. I represent the Environmental Protection Agency, the 3rd District. In any case, they represent something far more ambiguous. The villains are a stand-in for something far greater. Indiana Jones features this quite nicely, using Nazis, cultists, communists, and more. But rather than sticking with the films, let's go for one of the better episodes of the television series, Young Indiana Jones and the Treasure of the Peacock's Eye. This television film, which originally aired on the Family Channel in 1995, was one of several postscripts to the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which were later packaged on VHS and DVD as standalone adventures. In this movie, a young Indy and his friend Remy are fighting in the trenches on the last day of World War I, when they find a dying man who tells them of a legendary jewel that belonged to Alexander the Great, the Eye of the Peacock. The Eye of the Peacock! You must stop him! Stop him! The eye of the peacock! Indiana then travels from London to Egypt to the South Seas in what amounts to a wild goose chase. After some advice from an archaeologist, Indiana abandons his quest and returns to the States to pursue higher education. This is a seminal moment in Indiana's life. Before, he was driven only by passion. He even volunteered to fight in World War I before the U.S. had entered the conflict. After, Indiana became more interested in science. He could still throw a punch, of course, but his reasoning was grounded in reality. So forget any ideas you got about lost cities, exotic travel, and digging up the world. We do not follow maps to buried treasure, and X never, ever marks the spot. Indeed, his struggles with faith are a large part of why he and his father became estranged. This is an obsession, Dad. I never understood it. Never. Never. Neither did Mom. Yet at the same time, he never quite gives up on his faith. He will witness numerous fantastic events over the course of his life. Some can be explained away, but Indiana seems to believe in some form of a higher power. Otherwise, he wouldn't have survived the opening of the Ark of the Covenant. Marian, don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Marion. Don't look at it no matter what happens. Indiana's struggle between faith and science pushes and pulls him throughout his entire career. And that's a good thing. He never settles for one or the other. He has seen how fanaticism whipped the world into a frenzy in World War I, watching how young men died, and for what. Whereas Nazis, the Thuggee, Soviets, and other fanatics that Indiana comes into contact with all succumb to that desperation, Henry Jones Jr. keeps on chugging. In a sense, that is one of the main themes of the series. One person fighting against the forces of fanaticism. Other examples that make for great foundations in story worlds include... Human versus nature. Sandstone. Well weathered. Still want to be a bit careful of this stuff. Pretty loose. Human versus human. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Human versus faith. I suppose your gods aren't as cryptic as ours. Our gods are dead. Ancient Klingon warriors slew them a millennia ago. They were more trouble than they were worth. Human versus society. Uh, So we have to pass uh, civil rights protections, employment rights protections, Mm -hmm. and roll back these anti-trans and others bills. Human versus technology. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control. Human versus reality. Duck season, wabbit season, wabbit season, duck season, wabbit season. I say it's duck season, and I say fire. Now it's your turn. I want you to pick one type of antagonistic force for your story world. You can make it exact if you want, or double up. In any case, make sure that your forces match your antagonist. Or if you haven't come up with an antagonist yet, think about how this antagonistic force could be represented in a character. Are you good? When you're ready, let's continue. We're nearing the end, and we haven't even gotten to the fun yet, the obstacles in your stories themselves. Audiences love seeing their characters get into scrapes, be it romance, comedy, mistaken identity, or any number of things. The way your characters get in and out of them says as much about their world as it does about their personality. You'll need to have a bunch of them in your story in order to drive the plot forward so that you're not just stuck with people yapping away at each other in a cafe somewhere. That being said, I'm not going to ask you to think of every possible scenario or every potential problem that your characters might face. The vast majority of these need to be organic. They need to come from the context of whatever particular story you're working on. Trying to force too many up front is going to bog your story world down. Instead, think about the broad challenges in which your protagonist and antagonist might engage. Are there Venetian balls or are there frat parties? Is it about winning the big game or is it about making the team? Is it about leading a nation or going it alone despite societal pressures? Use language to help you out. A story about a caper and a story about a heist will be similar in terms of plot, but will differ with regards to tone or genre. Let's examine some secondary content from the Indiana Jones universe. The classic point-and-click adventure, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Released in 1992 and adapted into a best-selling comic book from Dark Horse Comics, this video game finds Indiana Jones searching for a fabled lost continent, along with the archaeologist turned quote-unquote psychic Sophia Hapgood. Together, the two must reach their destination before a contingent of Nazis, or else the world is sure to fall under Germany's boot heel due to the Atlantean super technology that will supposedly assure them of victory. Indiana Jones has featured in a number of video games over the years. The fate of Atlantis is arguably the best-received and most well-remembered by the fan community. One of the reasons is the charm of the gameplay itself, but another intrinsic element is the puzzle-solving in it. The player, in the role of Indy, must piece together a mystery that spans continents and millennia, with nothing but their wits and what they find along the way. There is a bit of action, as Indiana Jones has never been known to shy from a fight, but this game understands that a brawl is not the only thing that happens in an Indiana Jones adventure. He struggles with women. He searches for clues. He tries to think his way through ancient booby traps. In other words, the franchise is definitely swashbuckling, but it also has a foot in the real world. This is something that better writers understand when they're crafting work in the Indiana Jones franchise. Yes, the world of indie is one of mysticism and horror, but this is the spice of the series, rather than the meat. The movies, television show, books, and video games are all over the top in terms of action, but the spiritual stuff is usually reserved for a few brief moments that hint at things far grander. If Indiana Jones is surrounded by the surreal, then his quest to find truth is undermined from the very beginning. Instead, Indiana Jones features, in no particular order, car chases, ancient tombs, secret treasure, scrolls in forgotten languages, struggles with students... The Ethics of Archaeology Questions about a human's role in the course of history And, of course, bullwhips So for your own story, let's build a few of these challenges as well I want you to first create a list of ten obstacles that your protagonist is going to run into again and again These should be broad enough that they can take any kind of form Your character may have a phobia of some kind Snakes? Why did it have to be snakes? But it would be better if it's something more general, like creepy-crawly things that make people squirm. Yeah, there's something on the ground. Feel has different fortune cookies? Oh, rats. If you need them, here are some ideas. Write two kinds of puzzles that your character might have to think through. Write two kinds of conflict that your characters might engage in. One physical and the other cerebral or verbal making sure that they're tied to your antagonist or antagonistic force. Write two kinds of locations in which we might find your characters. Write down two kinds of items that your character might use, want, or search for. Finally, write down two kinds of themes that aren't easily answered and that you want to explore in your story world. If you're following along, you'll probably want to pause. Because there's a follow-up to this. If not, or if you're just listening, we're going to continue on to part two of the prompt. Your protagonist should struggle with these elements, sometimes winning and sometimes losing. Oftentimes, they'll get in their own way, or else use every ounce of willpower to win just when all seems lost. On another piece of paper, then, I want you to think up two ways that your character will try to solve these challenges, but in opposite fashions. One of these should be some unique way that your character can succeed in such a situation based on their personality, strengths, flaws, or goals. The other should be some unique way that showcases why your character can fail. As an example, Indiana Jones gets into a lot of chases, from cars to boats to motorcycles to planes. Sometimes he just slugs his way through, but at other times his brawn just doesn't work, and he needs the brains of a sidekick to help him. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. Note that in both cases that I'm not saying your characters will succeed or that they will fail. Many characters find ways to turn their flaws into strengths or realize that their strengths cannot solve a particular situation. What's more important is that you're thinking about ways that your characters can work through your story world while at the same time building a few pieces that make your story world unique. When you've finished that up, you should have an antagonist with a strength, flaw, outer goal, and inner goal an antagonistic force that your protagonist fights against, or else that is the fuel for your quote-unquote main villain. A set of ten broad challenges that your protagonist might face, as well as a couple of ways that your hero might deal with them. One in which their strength aids them, and one in which their flaw hinders them. If you've got them all, fantastic! You have three major elements of your story world completed. Next up, we'll be getting into choices, both the kind that your character makes, and those that you as a creator come up with. Until then, keep up the good work and keep on listening. You can find me on Twitter, at Words of Steel, W-O-R-D-S-O-F-S-T-E-E-L-E, or on my website, steelfilipek.com, S-T-E-E-L-E-F-I-L-I-P as in Peter E-K. If you'd like to share your work, or get notes, or appear on an episode, please reach out. Make sure to subscribe. Talk soon! Building a Better Story World is written, produced, recorded, and sound engineered by Steele Tyler Philippek. The theme song Asia is by Ilya Marfin via icons8.com. All narrative clips are used under the Fair Use Doctrine, as defined by Title 17 of the United States Code, subsection 107, in that they are used for nonprofit educational work for the purpose of analysis, have been transformed from their initial records by audio engineering for podcasting, and are not substantive of the entire work or function as a direct market substitute. Audio effects are provided by freesound.org under the Creative Commons license. If you feel that this production has unfairly used a piece of audio to which you own the rights, please contact helmstarmedia at gmail.com.